Today is the solemnity of Jesus Christ, King of the Universe. I personally think this is one of the best titles for a solemnity that we have. King of the Universe. But what does that mean? What does it mean that Jesus is King of the Universe? So I was doing a little bit of Googling. And uh, despite our egalitarian pretenses here in America, we actually still do have a few kings lying around. Up on Grand River, you actually can buy burgers from a king. Uh, and uh, similarly, up in Heartland, you can buy smoothies from a king. Now, admittedly, these are both relatively small claims of kingship. King over this thing or that thing. But to be king of the universe, now that, that is an absolute claim. There can be only one king of the universe. So how can Jesus claim this? Well, first, he created the universe. Remember, God created everything by a word of command, like a king giving orders to light, darkness, to matter itself, nature obeying his very word. And then he created us, man and woman in his image and likeness, giving us everything we could ever need, everything we could ever want, giving us the whole earth to care for and to cultivate, to be fruitful and multiply. We were God's first subjects who could choose to live under his kingship. But then temptation entered in, the temptation to be like God, to no longer be under Christ's kingship, but to be our own kings. And God, God let us have our wish. We became our own kings and we suffered the consequences. Now we fast forward to God's action in the midst of his people Israel, when he brought them out of Egypt into the promised land, leading them through Moses and Joshua and different prophets and judges until they got to the time of the prophet Samuel. And during this time, the people started to grumble. We want a king like other nations. And Samuel, he tried to warn them of the dangers of, and the consequences of this. But eventually God told Samuel, it's not you they are rejecting, Samuel. It is me they are rejecting as their king. And so God let the people have their wish. They got the king that they wanted and they suffered the consequences. Things go all right at first with King David, but after that, things go downhill pretty quickly. And our first reading today from Ezekiel comes when things have really hit rock bottom for Israel. Their kings have failed. Their hopes of an earthly kingdom seemingly are gone. They're in exile in Babylon. But Ezekiel gives these words from the Lord. I, the Lord your God, will be your shepherd that you've tried all these other kings and rulers and other shepherds, and they've all failed. So I, the Lord, will be your shepherd. I will bind up what is broken. I will seek out what is lost. I'll, I will heal what is sick. And so then on that night in Bethlehem, the shepherd came down among the sheep. The word became flesh, and he walked among us. He healed, he taught, he raised up the fallen and the broken. But then the sheep turned on him. You would crucify your king? We have no king but Caesar. And so the Lord let us, let us have our wish. But this time, this time it was the good shepherd 
who took the consequences. He laid down his life for his sheep. He bore the wages of sin and death on his shoulders. And in this dying and rising, he demonstrated his kingship even over death. So now the decision comes to us. Will we live under Christ's kingship or will we live under our own? And there is not a third option. There's not a neutral choice. Either Christ is your king or he isn't. The gospel today makes this clear. When we stand in judgment before God, we will either go to the right or to the left. There is no door number three. I'm always chilled when I hear this gospel passage today, and I think we should be. If we aren't, we are in danger of being like those who are sent to damnation. Lord, when did we see you in need and not do something for you? Do you hear their pride, their self-absorption? They think they're good to go, that they got it all covered. It's in contrast with the dumbfounded humility of those headed for the kingdom. Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or in need? They're surprised that the Lord is praising them. They're surprised. They thought they were just doing what anyone would do for those in need. And, and this matters because part of being a follower of Jesus is part of being uh, one of his servants is that we start looking like him. We start doing what he did. And first off, Christ was humble. He who was God, king of the universe, became like us, was born in a manger, walked the dusty streets of Galilee, and he spent time with us. And on a cross, he died for us. Second, Christ was obedient to the Father in everything. And living under Christ's kingship means that we have to strive to obey his commandments, especially those to love God with our whole heart and to love our neighbor. But, but it means more than that. Obedience means more than that. Do, does our life take its shape? Do we find our identity and our mission out of a place of living under God's kingship? Because see, the age-old temptation the angel temptation still comes to us. I want a king like the other nations. Sure, I'll have parts of God's kingship, but it'll be on negotiated terms. Yeah, I'll follow God's rules, but I'll be the king of all the other parts of my life. I want my life to look like others' lives, my family to look like others' families, my marriage to look like other marriages. But I want God to still bless it. An area of my life that I struggled for so long to actually place under the Lord's kingship was sports. You know, I was a decent all-around athlete growing up, and in high school and college, I found my groove, uh, I found my stride, some would say, in track and field. Um, I set a high school record, and then in college, I was one of the only seminarians who was also a varsity athlete. And now, don't get me wrong, sports are a great thing, but I found myself placing more pride, more identity, more self-worth, and how I did on the track than in my relationship with Jesus. Even after finishing my college running career, I still placed a huge amount of self-worth in my athletic ability. And God's mercy, though, and I really see this as God's mercy, he, he had to sideline me for a while. I had a couple injuries that got me off of competition for a while to be able to see how I was placing this above him how I wasn't letting him have this part of my life. Because living under Christ's kingship, it means everything 
has to be under his kingship. Our lives, our vocations, our jobs, our families, our children, it all comes under his kingship. Jesus has an absolute claim. He is the king of the universe. But this is the scary part. If we don't want Jesus Christ as our king, he will let us have our wish. But we will have to live with the consequences for all eternity. Our king in this life will be our king in the next. Who we worship now, we will worship for all eternity. One of the greatest pains of hell is this, this self-exclusion from God. Depart from me, you accursed. God will not force us to love him or to serve him or to be with him forever. But he does invite us. He spreads the table before us. As King David writes in Psalm 23, the psalm of a man who wholeheartedly is following the good shepherd. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and kindness follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come. This is what awaits us, to live in the Lord's house, to worship the true King, the crucified and risen one, Jesus Christ, King of the universe. So today at Mass, I, I ask you to invite Jesus to be the King of your life, to be the King of every part of your life. Maybe you've done this before or done this a hundred times, but we have a nasty habit of taking back the throne from the Lord. And so maybe at the offertory or after communion, pray. Pray simply, Jesus, I declare that you are king of my life, of my heart, of my mind, that you are king of my family, my home, my work, that you are king of my leisure, my money, that you are king of my past, my present, and my future. I declare your kingship over it all. I love you. Give me the grace to follow you all the days of my life.